Here we go. Just say my name. My name is Deja Brown. And you're, and you're listening to the Open Mic, the open mic podcast. podcast. Pop, 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 podcast. Boom, 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 Leo, hey. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a fun episode. I already can tell now. Cause I, I I bought a I bought my first guest. Hold on. Oh yeah, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of the Open Mic Radio podcast. 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 Yeah. What's going on, everybody? It's uh, another exciting episode of my Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Mike B, and I got a, uh, I got a friend, a comrade, a, uh, a, 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 a harasser, a person who talks junk to me on a regular basis via the um, Instagram, the social media, um, a supporter, a friend, um, someone who comes to comedy shows and really enjoys comedy, which is always a plus for me since I'm a comedian, since I'm a comedian. Um, and then also I'm going to talk about some of the um, things I've done this past week. This is Puerto Rico week, so that means as this episode drops, the next time you hear from me, I'll be coming back from Puerto Rico. Hopefully I have a tan. My face is oily. My pores are open. Look at these pores. These pores are open. These pores are open. And anyway, I want to hold this young lady's time too much longer because she's a, a mother and she got things to do. Oh, before I do that, let me switch out as I always do. We went black last week. We're going red for my man, Kiki Palmer's um, baby daddy, because he's about to go through some things in the next couple of hours. He's in danger. So I'm about to bring up my friend. Hold on. I'm about to bring her to the stream. Hey, oh Cassie. Hey, Cassie. Oh hey, Cassie. She's Capri Sun, like the way she sits there with her headphones on. She got her goggles on, doing her homework. She's over oh. here doing her homework. Wow. I've disturbed her doing her homework. 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 Drinking all kinds of. Wait a minute, is that a beer? She's drinking a beer and she's being real cheery. It's a big ass Jose Quavo beer, and she is happy and cheer. She got that motherly sweater on, and she's about to be to the break of dawn. My freestyles are whack, but everything else is tacked. <laughs> yeah, what's up, everybody? I'm your host, Mike B. And uh, I, I know if you if you're an avid listener to the Oh My Radio podcast, I normally go right into the hot, hot topics, but I'm not going to go into the hot topics. I got a friend who wanted to come on here. Um, actually, I invited her on to um, just talk, just, just talk some good, wholesome conversation, you know, just good, wholesome conversation. You know, we don't have that no more. Good, wholesome conversation. I'm very hard to find good, wholesome conversation. How, how, how are you doing today? Um, so remember the conversation we had earlier when you said you're good at a lot of stuff? There's not a lot that, like, what you just did just recently, like a few seconds ago, that's not on the list. I Actually, I'm, I'm, pre- sure. I, I'm, I'm an entertainer. No. Mm, okay. I'm an entertainer. So that, that's not it. That's look at the camera. I'm an entertainer. I'm an entertainer. Okay. But I'm, I'm just saying. I'm good comedy. at comedy. You're great, great at comedy. that. Awesome at that. I'm awesome Recently at comedy. You're awesome at that. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Can you do my favorite? Can you, can you give me just a little bit more volume? Just a, just a, tw- just, just a twitch. You want me just to talk twitch. louder? Yeah. Can you not talk like you um give at a PTA meeting? <laughs> this is not how I talk at a PTA meeting. Uh, thank you. All right, everybody. So this is um my oh. friend. Thank you. Uh, hey, you. this is my friend Cassie. She's uh, uh she's come to a few a few of my shows. A lot of my friend shows. Um, I always see her. She's very supportive. She always has constructive criticism of shows that she like and constructive criticism of shows she don't like. Um, and uh, I just want to bring her on here because, you know, uh, it's often that I always bring comedians on, but it's not often that I get to bring a a a, a lover of ha-ha, a, a, a lover of the hee-hee, of the uh, I see what you did there 
So um, real quick, um, just a quick background before we go, we hop in. Uh, what what made you like comedy? What made you find comedy and say, I like this? <laughs> I'm just a corny person. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just like laughing. Like literally, it's just very therapeutic. I just love laughing. So I've been doing it for years. It's my favorite thing to do, clearly. What's so therapeutic about laughing? Because you have a you have a ha ha laugh, and then you also because I talked to you a few times in my day. You also have an evil laugh, like <laughs> I do. I have an evil laugh. Can we stop saying that? I've been told that way too much lately, and I don't like. You should it. listen to I your peers. Have, I don't listen. I don't have to listen to anybody. Clearly, listening is not my strong point either. So. Um, I don't know. What do I what do I like about comedy? It's just so funny. It really is like I don't know. It's just like a high. Like if you get a really good laugh, it's such a good thing. Like, I don't know. You just forget everything and you just feel good. That's the same thing I feel about being on the other end of the microphone. Like you're in the audience, but being on stage, when you write it, when you curate I use big words that sometimes I don't understand the meaning to. When you curate a joke and and that joke garners the, re the reaction that you 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 want it, it is better than uh, an orgasm. It's better than a. Uh, it very it's, it's better than a pot roast that you left in the crock pot. You went to church, came back like it ain't ready yet. You went and ran some errands, came back, and then that pot roast, that meat's falling off the bone. That's what a good joke is. It's like the meat falling off the bone. It is. It's like the finishing product of a meal. It's all there together. What the but hell? But it's are you just eating? such a <laughs> apple slice. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you anyway? So um, <laughs> it's a healthy snack. It's peanut butter. I got my Jeff one to go. This is my snack that I eat in my apple slices. Okay. All right. All right. So how many how many comedy shows do you think you have? Um just a rough number. You gotta give me the exact number. You ain't gotta sit there and, and, and carry the two and divide it by three. Just what is a rough number of comedy shows you believe you've been to? Oof, a rough number? Yeah, just give me like, like a roundabout number. Oh man, I've been to like recently or just like in, in just general, general just like... in your lifetime. Oh, probably like hundreds. Hundreds. Who's your um? So out of those hundreds, like who's your uh, favorite comedian of all time? Who's my favorite of all? I don't know. I used to, you know, when I was younger, I used to watch. Um, you remember BT when they used to have the comedy at night? Yeah, like, like BT. Bruce Bruce on there. Yeah, like BT. my biggest thing was like I would be outside all day and I would come home just in time for that to come on. I like take a shower and like everybody would still be gone. I'd be like I'm about to watch Comedy Central. Like I used to like so happy to just literally watch it. and i'd like fall asleep and just be so happy so i don't know it's like so many i really prefer though like uh, there's a lot of big names out there but i actually prefer like local comics like i prefer like real people what's what, what about the local comedy that you like about what, 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 what is about the local comedian the local comedy scene that you like about them um it's very real like it's literally like just like the realest thing ever like it's literally you see like real people and real action doing real life stuff before they get there I like mm -hmm. to kind of like sit back like in the cut and just like watch people like do what it is they're doing. Like literally when you're a comedian, it's a different, it's a different aspect when you watch it from behind the scenes. It's a very, it's not like, it's not like acting. It's very real. It's a very like, I feel like underappreciated profession for sure. When people really sleep on comedy, it's really a hustle. Yeah, So it is. Because, you know, you have to look really like your job well not even your job like you, you don't have to do it right like you don't have to do it and you but mm -hmm. you do have to be funny right like you have to genuinely be very funny can you hear me yeah, okay yeah. okay yeah you have to generally like really funny and like you have to be funny on all aspects like there's certain jokes that may not hit but you really have to be able to work any crowd anywhere like you have to really be talented and do like to do what you do um and then when you do it like literally is you, you come on stage and you just do whatever you're doing and then that's like literally and, and you're coming from work a lot like a nine to five day or whatever you're doing and you're literally doing it to make other people happy like there's no reason for you to be doing comedy other than to literally be like a selfless person and make someone laugh for however long you're on stage for yeah it's interesting that you bring that up because um one of my good friends pause shout out to my homegirl pause yo she had um she had recently made a post she does this thing where she says she calls the comedic studies mm -hmm. and um she just talks about you know what she's learned on her journey to comedy she's roughly new whatever and uh she was talking about the um sacrifices a lot of comics make it is it's really like sleep like everything like i mean 
even just like I remember like watching Benny and I'd be like he would go from like one show to one show and he'd be like yeah I was just over here I'm like bro you're out of your fucking mind to be hopping around DC at like 10 o'clock at night and like what do you do tomorrow and he's like oh I got another show first thing in the morning I'm like it's like a like crazy like it's like a lifestyle that's like nuts and I'm like you're not even like on tour or anything you're just hopping around DC doing one set here one set here and you don't feel like like he doesn't like he would never turn anything down. He'd be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'll do it." And I'm like, "Like what? That's fucking nuts." Yeah, because um, Paz was saying that um, like me, I've I've I, I don't I want to say I have small kids. I have a ten year old and a teenager, and um, and, you know, family man stuff like that. But um, you know, like the time that you take you put in a comedy is time you take it away from your kids, right? And then she yeah. was like, you know, she does she she performs maybe two or three times a week because she feels guilty if she does it any other time. That's time she's taken away from her daughter, and that's a really real statement because a lot, a lot, I know a lot of male comedians who who reach that that wall of pregnancy, and once the baby's here and the decision is made, hey, am I going to continue to do this, where I'm going to you know raise my kid, and it's because you 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 really can't do both unless you unless you have a really supportive um family, you mm-hmm. really can't do both. You can make it you can make it work, but you have to understand that there's going to be times where you're going to miss out on something. If that makes sense, you're gonna you're gonna miss out well, on some so stuff. much. And like now, right now, it's like so up and coming. So you really have to really be out there all of the time. Like you literally have to be ready, set, go all of the time. Yeah, and that's literally what I see is like literally they're just like people who are just like, oh, I just found out about this. I'm gonna do this today. Like there's no way with a family like a newborn baby, you're gonna be driving from you know Baltimore to New York or to D.C. like anywhere in those areas and just staying out that late. So it yeah. really is one of those things where. I mean, it's networking, it's marketing, it's advertising. I mean, you have to hustle. Like, you literally are your biggest. Like, you're the only person selling you. It's not like no one else can do it for you. You have to do it on your own or else you're not going to get to where you want. And, like, how do you know what your stopping point is? How do you know how far you want to get to? Like, those are, like, questions that I always ask people. I think that was, like, the first question I think I asked you. was like, so what did you do before comedy? And you were like, oh, I was in the Army. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) How do you just, like, go from, like, I want to shoot a gun. So, like, yeah, I just want to make people laugh. Like, well, I always wanted to be, um, because one of the reasons I bought you on is because you said I want to interview you, and I was like, I'm not putting you on my podcast, and here we are. Um, so, <laughs> uh, one of the reasons I always what... get what I want. So. Oh, shut up. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> I, um, but no, I always wanted to do stand up comedy since I was uh in the second grade. I remember uh, the first comedy show I ever seen um was Gallagher. Um. Giving it up, giving it up for the '80s or '70s. I forgot the name of the special, but it, it was a really big ass couch. I don't know if you ever seen any Gallagher specials, but it was on Comedy Central. I wasn't allowed to watch um, Def Jam or BET because they had cuss words and stuff like that, so I couldn't get I couldn't get into that. So um, I watched Comedy Central. It was a roughly new um, cable station, and Gallagher was on heavy rotation. So I just saw this dude. People paid big money. He sold out all these shows, and all he did was smash watermelons and tell jokes. I didn't understand. But it intrigued me <laughs> that one time he did a set on roller roller skates on a big ass couch, and that amazed me. <laughs> and so from that moment, I always wanted to do stand up comedy. Then you know, of course, around the time I was born, and I think you was uh, you you're roughly a little younger than me. So I don't know if you remember TJF TJF Friday was like Full roughly. House and Family Matters. Yes, of course. I'm not roughly. I'm yeah, so I'm seeing all of that, and then and then doing the research, finding out that a lot of these people were comedians. Before they became actors, uh, you know, the Cosby show, a different world, watching all these things. So I it really grew my love for comedy because I was like, I want to be on TV. And in order to be on TV, I had to do stand-up. So um, and then it morphed into me watching Bad Boys, the first movie. And my favorite <laughs> actor, my favorite one of my favorite comedians of all time, Martin Lawrence. And um Will Smith I used to watch Fresh Prince. And um seeing that movie, and that just pretty much sealed the deal for me. Like, this is what I'm gonna do. So, I feel like comedy is such a cultural thing, though, for Black people, because all you do is sit around at barbecues and roast each other. Yeah, That's literally one of my favorite memories, is literally sitting around with my brothers and, like, literally just, like, them literally just going in on each other. And yeah, God forbid cool. you said something or you walked in a room at the wrong time, you were going to get the shit, like, roasted out. You were literally going to cry. Yeah. <laughs> you had to be really strong. Unless you, unless you fight, unless you, 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 you verbally fight back. And exactly. You literally, you have to be very fast and you have to be very <laughs> witty. Like you literally have to have like cousins and siblings and other people. And obviously where I'm from, you gotta just be able to walk down the street the right way. So yeah. yeah. I, I, t- I teach my kids that now. I like you can say whatever you want to, but you gotta be quick with it. 
<laughs> don't 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 lay that at the moment you think about it. That's when you that's when that's when you got like another three. Now you gotta fight three people verbally. Right. Because you, you never know, you're always gonna meet a match. Like you're always gonna meet someone who's gonna say something back to you. Yeah. Uh, always gonna have some like some type of comeback, and you're like, oh shit, let me go, let me let me wait a minute, let me hold on. I wasn't prepared for that. But you've got to be prepared, and that's what comedy is. Like you literally like you do like a little set, but like I think I really came to more of a realization, like I think this past year of like how much um work goes into it and how much talent really has to go into it. I think I it was when I saw Winston. Mm-hmm. I remember oh, that night. Hodges. I was yeah, yeah. I was like super tired that day, and I remember like, I think I was with Brandon, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna come up there," and he was like, "It's gonna be a long night," and I was like, "Yo, it's always long when I'm up there, whatever." Mm. And I came up there, and I remember like watching, like I think I went through like two shows, and I was like, "Yo, I'm fucking tired as fuck." Like I was literally like holding my head up, and I like couldn't sleep, or I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't like couldn't fall asleep. So I was sitting there, and I was like, "All right," and he was like, "This is the last one." And then Winston went, and I literally looked at him, obviously, judging, just, that's me. I was just like, mm, okay, well, let's hurry up, because I want to go. I'm cold, and I'm tired. Of course. And he went on stage. Well, no, no, I'm not saying yeah. this, of course, to, you know. Just yeah, to, but it was, a, it was a long night, and I was, I literally was regretting every decision. I was like, because I didn't drive. I drove with, I, like, came in with Brandon, and, like, I was like, I can't leave, because he's my ride. So I was like, yo, this needs to fucking hurry the fuck up. Like, I'm tired. And then he went on stage, and he killed it, but, like, he didn't do any of his like set like it was you can tell it was none of like his actual like set it was literally him just crowd like doing crowd work on some ladies who just so happened to be in the fucking audience and i was like yo this kid is so funny i remember literally just like waking up and being like i'm not tired anymore like i can watch this and i was like okay i'm a fan i like you so so that's segue that segues to my question. So, what is it about comedy that you? Um, I think I asked you that. So, what? So, what are some of the things that you? Uh, what are some of the? What's some of the types of comedy that you actually enjoy? Is it like dark humor? Is it like family humor? Is it like bathroom humor? Like, what are the, some of the humors that you enjoy? I love the dark humor. I love it. Like Angel Show. That's my favorite mm. right now. That's literally my favorite. And that's like that's because like he literally like you you can get like a lineup of certain comedians and like literally have you rolling laughing that entire time to the point where you have to leave the room like mm-hmm. the last not the last one but the first one that I went to and I literally was like I gotta get out of here I mean my face was hurting too because like I got my wisdom tooth pulled so like I had to get out of there but I was like literally starting to snort and I was like I don't want to snort like people are recording so I was like I don't want to snort and be like in the sound of this so like I ran out and I was like. I need to get myself together because I can't breathe. That's how hard I'm laughing. That's my favorite type of laughter. Okay. Um, yeah, I noticed that too because um, I'm I'm on that show. And um, <laughs> well, I don't care what you're rolling your eyes. I can see through the glasses. And um, <laughs> no, no, I like and, and, and like I saw you like damn near dying from the stage. And um, and that's what I like about comedy is like there's no it's so subjective. Anybody can whatever type of comedy you you're into whatever type of comedian you're into you can just gravitate to whatever a lot of times especially like in dc there's a lot of um policing of comedy like you can't say this and you can't say that but there's an audience for everybody you may not particularly like like dark humor but there's someone out there that loves dark humor like yourself whatever you know somebody may not like my humor you know things like that that's what's great about comedy um that being said um, you've come to plenty of shows. What are some of the things that you see aesthetically that you enjoy, like that you see at comedy shows that you like the most? Uh, is it like the lineups? Is it like the uh, the the, the uh, end result of a show? Like, what are some of the things that you look for in a good comedy show? Um, I don't know. D's show was really good. Like, I I thought I was like, on the recording. Show. I know, Jesus Christ, that was great. Go on. You were I like. Uh, let's stop and talk about that for a second because I didn't really know you were actually that funny. I'm really mad at that because I really and I'm so mad because I was so tired. I was so tired that day. So like I was just like, like I don't. I remember just being like every. It was like every comedian that was there, whoever he picked to be in his like show, nobody dropped the ball. Everybody was funny. It was from start to finish. It was just like so meticulous how he put everything together. Together and I was just like, and then you got on stage. And I was like, oh, wow, look, you're actually really funny. Like, you fall into this. Like, you can you can do this. Wow. I'm impressed. I'm pretty good at what I Like, you're actually really funny. I am. I don't know why you... Like, ha-ha funny. It really disturbs me. (laughs) Like, really funny. And you didn't record it, which, like, makes me so sad, because I was like, that was, like, a really good set. Yeah. But, yeah, so... But you literally just went, like, like, 
thing where you just get on stage and like you can see like you guys are, like talking, you're doing whatever, and then you just get on stage and you're like, boop, I'm funny, boom, done it, and then just like you're out. Like that's literally it. And just it's like natural, so effortless. Oh, that's what you see in comedy. You were just talking about me. I, I, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. You talking about me? Were you talking about me? Sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it's it's like being Batman. You know, you one minute I'm I'm Bruce Wayne, yeah. and then it's like I got to put on my cow. I got to go. I got to go save Gotham City. Here I am on stage saving Gotham City. Well, I'm done. I'm going back to being Bruce Wayne. There you go. That's it. I hate you. So, um, look. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, see. I'm not gonna disagree. Sure. So, who's some of your favorite local besides me? Who's some of your local favorite? Who's some of your favorite comedians locally besides me that you enjoy watching? Benny for sure. I love Benny. Love. I could watch Benny all day long. Literally. Um, Dale. I love Dale. Dale Dunlap. She's really, really great. Um, Jazz. She was another one too. Like I didn't know what to expect from her, and she was there that night that I saw Winston for the first time, and I remember her coming in. And she looked like she was tired of shit. She was just like, "Yeah, I'm tired. Whatever." And like sat there quiet just whatever and then went on stage and i was like what the fuck like i didn't know what to, i i like that i didn't know what to expect from her but she was fucking awesome i loved her okay. um who else oh there's so many winston of course um oh what's the what's the what's the girl's name booker booker something oh elizabeth book, booker houston booker houston love her girl. love yeah. her I'm putting her on i'm putting her on most of mo mo more stuff as well she's um she's amazing amazing and i love that southern charm that she has but it's so like it's dark yeah because she she's like literally like she's a whippersnapper i love her and then <laughs> angel angel of course i love angel that's my guy um there were a couple people from his shows too and i don't remember all of them but they were really funny d of course he's really funny that's my guy um I didn't know he was as funny as he was either. I, I feel like I've seen him do like some host type stuff, maybe like a little bit. And that's another thing too, is like, it's different when you see different elements of it or if they're like, if a, it's, if a person is not doing a certain time on a show. So like, I've seen you host and I've seen you go on and do like a few minutes here or there, but to see someone actually do like full 20 minutes, like that's, um, that's kind of like how you see like if someone's like really funny like because you only really get snippets of someone's like really what they do in their material but when you like d had his actual recording i was like holy shit like he went the fuck in like i remember being like yo like calm down like slow down for a sec i need to breathe like i need to like get myself together because i'm still processing the joke that you just told like that's like i'm gonna laugh for a few more days okay okay well we're at the 22.48 second hour of the show and I know you got homework to do. With your time, I love it. Yeah, except being on time because you yeah. want to color people time. Yeah, I, I am on color people time. I'm also mm -hmm. rushing to get to Puerto Rico, so there's a lot of things I'm doing before this. Get my hmm? I'm not. So, and anyway, I want to thank you for taking a little time out of your busy day, your busy night. I want to thank you for um, stopping from doing your exam or whatever you're doing. What, what are you doing? What am I working on? Um. Right now, I'm sending some emails out, but I have um, some training and some exams to do. Um, I have, like, four exams to do by uh, Sunday night, I think. So. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to call you when I'm done with doing with this. I want to um, thank you. Let me make sure I got my sound effects right. If this is the right sound effect. I don't know what my sound effects are. I only use the last two. So. <laughs> So unprofessional. That is not the sound effect. That is not, and I will never ever let you live down. Okay, that's laughter. No anyway, one is laughing. So, uh, Why do you sound like children? That's a little creepy, Mike. Um, those are laughs. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> thank you. it sounds like thank kids you, and ice cream. Thank you, Cassie, for coming on <laughs> onto the podcast. Um, I will get with you in a few, or whatever. Um, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, this is Cassie, one of my one of my Good friends and supporters of comedy. It's always good to have a an ally in the comedy community, and she is one of them. So thank you for taking time out of your busy night to spend it with me and troll me and do all the things that you do. I really welcome it, and um, I, really, I want to publicly say I appreciate you for Aww, all that you do you. in the community. Yes, and I will be at the show that you uninvited me to, that you told me that I could come to, but you only told me that I could come because you already knew that I was coming. So that's what that's how the treatment that you get when you're the favorites, just in case anybody wants to claim to be the number one fan, you can take that spot. I don't want it. All right, thank you. Bye. <laughs> See you. Okay, where's my camera? There we go. Bye. We got Bye. Bye.
and that was Cassie, everybody. Thank you, Cassie, for joining joining in. We're going to take a small break, and by small break, what I'm going to do is I'm going to let my daughter talk, and then we're going to get into some ignorance, plenty of ignorance, lots of it. Thirty seconds. My name is Deja Brown, and you're listening to the Open Mic Podcast. Pop, 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 podcast. Uh huh. Oh. My guy, y'all. What a week for me. Thank y'all. Uh, I want to thank Cassie again for joining um, the podcast as well. Um, that was roughly about 20-some minutes. Um, that was a little treat for everybody. I'm, I'm about to start integrating more guests into the show. I want to first thank you all for listening to the show, as always, um, giving a little time for me. Um, this episode is going to be a little bit longer than anticipated because uh, – well, not anticipated. It's going to be a little bit longer because um, as of this recording – uh, I'm going to Puerto. I'm getting ready to fly out to Puerto Rico, so I'm going to take a vacation. And when I come back Monday, I may not feel like recording again. So whatever, whatever, haters, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it is uh, August fifteenth at eleven thirty at night. And God damn it, this man got indicted again. Georgia, Fulton County, Georgia, um, DA. Old Fanny, I think I said her name right, has indicted Trump and 19 other people, well, 18 other people, including Trump. So that's 19 total. Listen, man, I'm about had about enough of these indictments. Okay. And I'm not talking about like I'm indictment, I'm indictment fatigue. I don't care about that. This is amazing. What I'm I'm just trying to figure out how many indictments does one person get before they just put them behind bars? Not bars like before like serving a sentence. I mean like bars like, hey, we can't trust this man to be out in society. Like that, I know he's the former president of the United States, but put this man behind bars. Y'all keep y'all keep indicting him. He comes in, he takes a mug shot, he fingerprints, he does all of the things that any person who's been indicted do, and then he leaves. And then y'all and then y'all say, "Hey, don't go on social media and talk shit about the jury pool, and don't talk shit about the judge, and don't do this, that, and the third. And the first thing you do is he go on Truth Social and he goes bananas. He drops so many fucking diss records. I thought it was Fifty Cent again, but here we are. Here we are." here we are again being another indictment another day i'm about tired of him i'm gonna need this man to go to jail for at least a day or two so he know that shit is real <laughs> I, I just just you know just baby rudy giuliani one of them i need one of these people to uh get some jail time yo just a little bit just just a, just a touch just a titch just a twitch just a twitch of jail time, yo. Just a teaspoon of jail time. Just enough. Just enough to know that is real. Cause this is this is this is maddening. All right. And um I've 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 made a mistake and I started watching the news channels in the midst of all of this. And as I'm watching the news channels, I'm watching MSNBC like I always do. I'm watching MSNBC and um the ghosts, a ghost that I haven't seen in a long time. Um on Morning Joe pops up Eddie Glaude Jr. Now I don't know if you know who Eddie Glaude Jr. is. He's a, a professor and a um, scholar, and he's a MSNBC contributor. And one thing about MSNBC is um, they have a lot of contributors. So he hasn't. I haven't seen him since Joe Biden became president. But before that, he was on a lot, and when he was on. Uh, it was around 2016. I don't know if you remember 2016, but he was one of the people who said he wasn't voting for Hillary Clinton. And um, I took notes because um, I got notes. So I'm taking notes. <laughs> and he comes in. Um, He comes in. And, and, and he comes on TV. I immediately run to my group chat with 3GO. Shout out to the 3GO family. He goes into the group chat. I go into the group chat and I say, yo, uh, um, Eddie Claude is on TV again. The same Eddie Claude who didn't want to vote for Hillary. Uh, I'm sick of these people. Yes. If you voted, if you didn't vote for Hillary Clinton in 2016, I'm sick of you. I'm sick of you. If you apologize, whatever. I don't even want your apology no more. I don't want your apology no more. We're in this mess because you didn't do the right thing, because you didn't trust Hillary Clinton. And here we are. We got Mr. Ten Indictments 
four different counties. <laughs> we, we got Mr. Four Indictments still running for the White House. And why? And why? All because y'all didn't trust Hillary Clinton. But why? But no one really de de jumps into the details of why didn't you trust Hillary Clinton? Probably the most qualified person to ever run for, for the presidency. Nobody wants to admit that. So scroll down, minding my business, read my word. And uh, next thing I know, Yvette Nicole Brown, and I might be saying her name wrong and I apologize. Um, she goes on uh, what used to be called Twitter. I don't know what it's called anymore. She says, giving performative, Eddie Glaude, giving performative speeches about how how far our democracy has fallen since the mag, um, since the reign of Donald Trump will never cease to make me want to flip every table. Dude wrote a whole piece for the New York Times about why he wasn't voting for Hillary Clinton. He's the reason why we're in this shit. Now, I'm not putting the sole blame on Eddie, but I am saying he was a, he, he was like an MSNBC, a contributor to the reason why we're here, because the man has a big platform. And and that bothers. <laughs> and I was like, OK, we're here. It's a good time. Right. We're having a good time. Right. OK. She called him out, whatever. And then it didn't stop there. This man has been getting dog walk. OK. Uh, she's somebody goes in and says, is the theory here that Glaude's essay was deciding factor for undecided voters in swing states? And then YNB, which is Yvette Nicole Brown, YNB, the theory is that in, is that anyone who knew how dangerous Trump presidency would be, and that's anyone with a working brain cell who didn't do everything they could to stop it, deserves whatever smoke they getting, um, getting get it now. And then someone's replied, granted, he did do that. However, it will always be a white man's fault that we got Trump. And then she, she who's on fire right now, like Steph Curry from, from, from the half court mark. Everyone who had a hand in it gets this smoke. Everyone gets this smoke. <laughs> Don't everyone, all, all you people that said, I'm not voting. All you people's like, I can't trust Hillary. All these people, all y'all getting the smoke. I actually stopped talking to somebody who uh, I found out who, who voted for uh, Donald Trump. I did. I had to stop talking to him. I'm like, man, I thought you were smart. And here we are. But it didn't stop there. He told her to go read a book. <laughs> I don't have that tweet on, but he said, read a book. Uh, I apologize. Um, um, so I went and I did a... Um, he told her to go read a book, whatever, whatever, right? I can't think of, uh, I, I didn't pull that that tweet, but I did pull an excerpt from his um, New York Times uh, op-ed. And he says, anti-racism, anti-sexism have become an S, an easy, it's easy positions for democratic political elites. We hear politicians talk about voting rights or Roe v. Wade or stand in the pulpit with black preachers or express solidarity with women around the world. And we assume that their, their policies reflect their rhetoric. On a close examination, nothing could be further from the truth. It's just the latest instance of pure manipula uh, manipulation that could change a little and allows a few people to feel good about themselves. And this is in 2016 on reasons why he wasn't voting for Hillary Clinton. Now, let me tell you what's doing with the heavy lifting here and, and the reasons why you should you, your dumbass should have voted for Hillary Clinton. Uh, currently, there is no more Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade was overturned, and they're still dog-walking um, voting rights. None of this would happen if Hillary Clinton was in office. I don't care about your fucking apology. So he told her to go, if you read a book, she told her, he told YMB, if you read a book, you would see that I not only did I apologize on TV, but it's also in my book. Nigga, I'm not paying for your book to read your apology. I want that same energy. And I'll get to that in a second. So then he goes on again. Um, so he says, in a retort, in his apology, he says, uh, I honestly thought we had an opening to break the whole uh, Clintonism on a Democratic Party. Because I did not believe white America would elect someone who obviously unqualified to be president. That was a mistake. Let me read that part again. 
I honestly thought, this is his words, this is his tweet. I honestly thought we had an opening to break the hold of Clintonism on the Democratic Party because I did not believe white America would elect someone so obviously unqualified to be president. That was a mistake. So, and also in this, uh, in, in another article that I found out, I found out that him and his son both left the presidency portion of the ballot blank. So I'm not putting all the blame on him, but he helped contribute because he's a contributor of MSNBC and they dog walking the hell out of him off that one tweet. Someone wrote, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this. There were two viable candidates post-primary, Clinton and Trump. If he wanted to end Clintonism, the only way to do that was to elect Trump, but he didn't think white America would elect Trump. So, and then, um, and then the next one was, I literally cannot believe he admitted to this. His opinion on just about anything shouldn't even be sought out again. So that's the point I'm trying to make. He, in his, in his apology, he said to break hold of Clintonism on a democratic party. In order to do that, you would need to do what he did, which was not vote or vote for Trump wholeheartedly, which he didn't do, which was a vote that we probably needed <laughs> for Clinton to win, right? But the overall hold on Clintonism on the Democratic Party ended, right? Because Trump became president. And everything that he wrote in his op-ed that was, was supposed to be um, breadcrumbs or things that um, are played to by the Democratic Party to appease blacks, actually end up happening roe v wade did get overturned voting rights is getting stomped out help uh, affirmative action has caught an l an l in in the biden administration but is residuals from trump's administration because those are three supreme court justices that didn't go to clinton and yes clinton may not have gotten three supreme court justices because of um mitch mcconnell in the senate may would have held them seats until he got a republican um a Republican uh, president, but those seats would have been held. They wouldn't have been filled by trash. Huh? Huh? So in his short, in his short sightedness, he admitted that he, that he caused the problem. Um, so my thing is the same energy that's been put out, that was put out in 2016 to disqualify Hillary Clinton, op-eds after op-eds, him Mike laughing at Mike Barnacle, making jokes about Hillary Clinton, all of these things. But then we posed something half-hearted, half-ass, half-thought-about, half-cooked, half-baked apology that he said on TV for like 30 seconds. <laughs> and an apology that he put in a book that you have to purchase to read. Or if someone puts an excerpt out. No. I want that same fucking energy, my guy. I need you to write some op-eds, baby. Before you even before you even get on TV, before you even get before you start spewing your opinion on why sugar grits is not good for the black community or why you are pro sugar grits, I need to say it's my bad that I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton in 2016. However, comma sugar grits are great. Like I need that. I need that same energy. And then after that, I want you to continue to push the rhetoric on these MSNBC contributing shows that you're contributing on about how important it is to vote. Because I've seen some of the same symptoms of 2016 happening in 2022. This, um, 2023 is going to 2024. A lot of people are not using sexism now, but they're using ageism on Joe Biden. Oh, he's too old. But guys, Trump ain't too far away from being old either. Trump old as fuck. He's like 78. And you're talking about Biden is like 80-something. But Biden is in better shape than Trump. I don't think Biden eats hamburgers every day. For McDonald's and drinks Diet Cokes. But I know a guy that does. I know a guy who gets a fake spray tan. I know a guy who overtans with spray cans. I know that guy. And he's a fucking criminal. So we, America's about to go down to two more, two more candidates again. It's going to be a rematch. And it's going to be up to us to make sure we make the right choice. Now, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. But I am going to tell you if I finally voted for Trump, delete my number. Don't listen to my podcast. You're trash. I'm going to say that because you already seen what happened. And you know that the guy, if you vote for the wrong person, Trump, that <laughs> the nigga is petty and the nigga's gonna do some, he's gonna do some ignorant shit. And the only people that's gonna feel the wrath is people of color. 
we all we're always the ones to feel the, the burden. People play white people played the vote. Oh, thank you. When he said that he didn't believe white people will vote for for an unqualified person, why would you trust them? What about white people said, "Hey, we can trust them to make the right decision." Have you not seen any movie <laughs> where white people thought, "Hey, we got to keep Godzilla and put the three-headed monsters together. We got to keep them separate. We got to end the world because the world. they make dumb decisions. Even in movies, they make dumb decisions. They could, they could in movies, they can write decisions that's best for them." <laughs> They could make themselves look smart. But at the end of the movie, you're like, man, these people are stupid. We can't trust these people to make the right decisions. Three or four people went into an inner tube to go see the Titanic and it exploded. Twitter used to be called, had a bird. Now it has an X. <laughs> Come on, man. It's always on our backs. Because we're the ones who front who has the brunt of everything when it goes wrong. It's always our fault. And it's especially like black men, we always make that mistake. And not, and not me, because I I have enough sense to know that um, even though I, I catch L's, that my, I have a I have a 13-year-old daughter, about to be 14, and I gotta make sure I do everything possible. Because for for the first 12 years of her life, there was Roe v. Wade. She had autonomy over her body, and now that's gone. That's because of dumbass people like Eddie Glaude who thought it was just some, it was a joke. It's not a joke. When, you, when you're black, when you're a person of color, and I'm not going to say person of color anymore. When you're black, <laughs> we, don't, we can't afford to not vote. We don't have that luxury. We never have that luxury. We have to go with what, we have to go what's the best option. <laughs> what's the best option for us? White people can fuck off their votes to a degree. A lot of other people in this country can fuck off their votes. There's a lot of people who hate black people but enjoy our culture. We can't. Mm -mm. Nope. But here we are. The decision is, is 2024 coming up, right? Coming, coming around the corner. Mr. Indictment Man. Indictment Man. Indictment Man. He's getting indicted. He got indicted again. Court cases all throughout the all throughout the primary season. I mean, um, the uh, yeah, is it primary? Um, yeah, the primary season. Going into the general election, it's Joe Biden and whoever the hell comes out of there. And ain't, ain't none. Of, and, and there's a person who I know is voting for who's talking about voting for Chris Christie. I'm gonna tell you right now, you vote for Chris Christie. I hope your big toe. Hope you stump your big toe for the rest of your life. <laughs> In other news, man. Uh, <laughs> Uh, in the next few hours, uh, in there is a level of petty that's happening. There is a, a petty ass PR team that works with Kiki Palmer and Usher. I was minding my business, and apparently, uh, Usher has a new song coming out. I don't even know the name of the song. I just saw a clip of Kiki Palmer in the video, and it said, "I heard your boyfriend is something of me, is jealous of me, or looking for me," and. This is what I'm talking about. I talked about this a couple of podcasts ago. It, <laughs> fellas, we got to stop. You got to stop this, man. This man went out. Kiki Palmer's baby daddy went out here and made a whole ass post about how he's how she's a mom. She's a mom. How you out here at this Usher concert? Blah, 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 blah. And the blowback has not been pretty for him. He's about to go through some things, man. Because he's she's in this video, and all this man had to do, and all jokes aside, I've talked to a lot of people, and that thing is the age gap. It's the age gap between us. <laughs> so I get it because when I was their age, I understand. I, I understand where they're coming from. And and I see what my uncles are talking about when they're like, hey, young blood, hey, my guy, you know, all these things. I get what they're saying. I get what it's hey, you know, my not my girl, that I get it. Hey, I thought just like you. Let me tell you something. There's a reason why your father, <laughs> if you had a daddy growing up, your father, your granddad, your male cousins, your uncles, <laughs> all these people, if they had spouses, they picked and choose their battles. I remember my granddad had three battles. The newspaper, grape juice, <laughs> newspaper, grape juice, and hot dogs. That was it. Everything else, 
was free reign for grandma. If grandma wanted to go out to Rose, he I seen this man drive his drive my grandma to 13 stores. Okay, Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to about 5 p.m. It felt like all day. <laughs> 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. All the stores, Roses, Kmart, the grocery store. I'm talking about this man drove her to uh to Sally's Beauty. <laughs> this man drove, they went and got something to eat. I remember one time he got mad because we had a uh we went to uh went somewhere and we ordered subs from Subway and she took too long in the store. He got mad. But he only got mad in the car when it was just me and him. When she got in the car, he just he kind of like let it go. He's like, it's not fair. Our, our subs are getting soggy. Our subs are getting soggy because he wouldn't go in the stores because he didn't want to go in the stores. But he would just wait in the car and he'll just read his paper and she just go do whatever. And then he'll pick up my aunt, whatever, to do the stores. But anyway, I remember this day he was he was out <laughs> and she took too long in the stores. He just mad. Where is she at? This before the cell phones. Where is she at? Like he was, he was big man. He was just like, my subs are getting soggy. Our subs are getting soggy. Our subs are getting soggy. That's all I can remember. Was subs getting soggy? That was the tag. The subs are getting soggy. And then she got in the car, and he was like, oh, "Come on, then." Like he, they got home. The subs were soggy. I mean, I ain't gonna front. The subs were a little soggy. And he was like, you know, you took too long in the store. She like, I'm sorry. The lines are long, whatever. And that was it. That was it. He ate that soggy ass sub. I ate my soggy ass sub because he paid for the soggy ass sub. And I went got on the Sega Genesis. He went in his room, finished the newspaper. That was it. It was not a battle that he was willing to fight over a soggy sub, yo. He let that. He ate the soggy sub. So fast forward, thirty years later, <laughs> your girl's at your girl, your wife. Girlfriend, she gets tickets to the Usher Usher concert or whatever what they call it, uh, residency. Yet, the well, Usher, she's at the Usher concert with her girlfriends. Her girlfriends having a good time, they're drinking wine. They're probably they probably did something of, of the of the of the greenery, some greenery. They smoked a little greenery, right? <laughs> having a good time. She just having a she just had a baby, probably first girl's night out since the pregnancy. Having a good old time. Of course she's going to act up. Of course she's going to act up. She being bad. Out here just being bad. <laughs> right? And then Usher comes through because that's a celebrity friend. Kiki Palmer. Usher. Usher beat Kiki Palmer. Kiki Palmer meet Usher. Usher beat Kiki Palmer. They get to dancing and talking and whatnot and have you. And it's a good time. She's having a good time. And my man said, nah, fuck that good time, man. This is a battle that I got to fight. And I'm telling you, as an uncle in the pocket, this was a soggy sub moment. <laughs> Don't eat the soggy, eat the soggy sub, yo. This could have went way better for him. <laughs> he wrote the he wrote that tweet, he sent it out, and he probably put his phone down. And then his battery died because his fucking phone was getting lit up. He got dog walked. As he's getting dog walked, she's coming home. I can't believe you embarrassed me like this. He probably doubled down. I don't get I don't get into domestics, but if he's willing to do it on Twitter, he'd probably double down. And then he doubled down. And she was like, I got something for your ass. She started selling merch. I'm a mom. I'm a mom. You don't get none of that money because I'm a mom. She started her, she got on the podcast and did some other stuff, some chaos, causing all kinds of chaos and calamity. And you know what else she did? In the midst of all of that, in the midst of Usher having taken a break from his residency, he wrote a song. And you know how you really want to piss off your boyfriend? Being a being a Usher video. <laughs> Get in the Usher video and be the main one in the Usher video. And then in the preview, be like, I heard your boyfriend looking for me. Let me, I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play the, I'm gonna play it because we got like 10 minutes left. So I'm going to play it. I'm going to play this joint. Hold on. I'm pulling it up right now. This is this is bad, yo. Keep in my bag. 
This is bad, yo. Somebody say that your boyfriend's looking for me. Come on, man. That beat is hot, yo. That beat is hot. I think it's, it's about to be out in a few more minutes. Hold on. It's coming out tomorrow, man. It's coming out tomorrow. You know what I mean? And by tomorrow, I mean in seven minutes. I'm going to drop this podcast in seven minutes. <laughs> so what did we learn today, people? Today we learned eat the soggy sub. Eat the soggy sub. <laughs> eat the soggy sub, man. It wasn't worth it, man. There's a merch out. She's making all kinds of money off your idiocy. And we still don't know your name, for real. And we still call you Kiki Palmer's boyfriend and baby daddy. That's the sad part. Like, no one took the time. I took the time out to learn his name. You know how, like, I did a, a few minutes ago, I did a deep dive into Eddie Glard's t- um, tweets. And, like, <laughs> I did a deep dive into, like, everything. I didn't do a deep dive into this. I literally still call her, call him Kiki Palmer's boyfriend. This is bad. Anyway, uh, I didn't do anything in comedy comedy wise. I met Rup Michael. Shout out to Rup Michaels. That was dope. Um, and I just been chill, man. I'm getting ready to go to Puerto Rico. So um, I just want to thank you all <laughs> for um that's I mean that's it. That's it. I'm not saying nothing else. Uh I want to thank everybody for coming out to um coming and listening. Um our downloads are growing, and that's all because of you, you the people. You the people. My downloads are are, are going. Uh, September 1st and 2nd is the approved. It's me, Sarone Russell, TJ Ferguson, Jazzy Beats, Jasmine Burton, and Rich F. One of, it's going to be a funny-ass show. I'm on that show. Tickets are on set at DCComedyLoft.com. Buy your freaking tickets. Buy your tickets. Why haven't you bought your tickets yet, yo? It's me, Sarone Russell, TJ Ferguson, Jasmine Burton, and Rich F. How easy is that? Get your tickets September 1st and 2nd at the DC Comedy Loft. I really appreciate all y'all listening to the show, listening to the pod. Um, this will be out. Um, if I don't see you, um, uh, what's my closing? If I don't see from you or hear from you in the social media world or in person until I meet you all again, I love y'all and good night. Yeah. I heard your boyfriend's looking for me. Oh, and also I want to thank Cassie for coming through and showing a little love and spending a little time with your boy. I'm out of here, y'all. Uh, next time you see me, I'll be having a tan on my face. Or I might record in Puerto Rico. I might go live. I'm out of here. Peace.